Hi guys and girls, and thanks for joining us again today for another Team LRF podcast. Today I'm joined by IFBB Pro and soon-to-be Olympian Darren Farrell. Darren, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you, and thank you very much for having me on. My pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on, mate. How does it how does it sound or how does it feel to hear those words, you know, soon-to-be Olympian? How does that feel? Uh very much surreal. Uh it's not something that you know ever really expected or thought would happen. So it's still a bit of like when someone says it, I'm like, oh yeah, wow, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When when you first started out in bodybuilding, was was that the goal? Like, did, did you ever think, oh, when I'm, I'm going to go to the Olympia, or did you just sort of think I'm going to try one show and see how it goes? No, like when I started bodybuilding, like I started in obviously in Ireland where I'm from, and like <laughs> that wasn't even something anyone considered. In fact, it was like. In Ireland, the attitude was very much that nobody would even turn pro from here, you know. So it was never even like something I thought could happen. Um, so like even even turning pro was like a big deal for me, and you know something that I never thought would would come about. Like I just started bodybuilding because I fell into it from injuries from sport and enjoyed it, and um, I just kept that up. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And and like we spoke about just before the podcast is that. You know, social media social media plays this image of like, you know, you're gonna rock up to your first show and you're gonna win the overall at your first show, and the next show you're gonna turn pro and then at your pro debut you're gonna you're gonna to go to the Olympia. Obviously, we know that's not the case. And you know, the the more the maybe the more non-heard of story, but the more common story is the one like yourself, you know, where you you get knockbacks, you you try again, you come back better. So for those people who have possibly just started following you or don't follow you, just Tell people a little bit about your story, you know, about competing with, you know, back in the day with the with the UK BFF and I think the IBBFA as well, wasn't it? Originally, yeah. and, uh, and then cracking on from there, really, and going all the way through to, through to the Olympia, really. Um, yeah, so, like, as I said, like, I started, I, I didn't even, I didn't start bodybuilding until I was 23 years old. You know, I, I got injured in sport, retired from sport, ended up in the gym. I did my first show at the age of 24, um, and I did... I think I, 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 I was in Ireland in RIBBF and in NABA. And then I obviously moved over to the UK and I competed with UKBFF with yourself as my coach. Um, and I think I did, I think I did 14 shows and never won a single one or even came close to winning. And the, the first show I ever won was my uh, pro qualifier in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And having done two pro qualifiers the year before, not placing, nothing. You know, I think when, when we did UKBFF, I, I attempted to qualify two or three times and qualified for, through a second place at a regional show. You know, went to the British finals and I, I was probably a third or fourth call out, you know. So, you know, for, for me, I, I guess I never had expectations of like going to the top. So, you know, it was just always doing one, one, one step better every show. You know, that's always just the way I approached it, you know. I had, I guess, the era from where I came through that there wasn't those social media expectations of turning pro and stuff. So it wasn't uh, something that was in my head. So I never really had that, you know, to go for. For me, it was like, like I remember when I worked with you, it was like, okay, if we can qualify for the British finals, that would be that would be amazing. That was the goal. Whereas now, now it's like people are talking about Devin Gabita Jet, and they're talking about you know qualifying for the Olympia. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it, it changed massively, you know, just well, just because of the, the fact that more pro cards became available and, you know, social media became more accessible as well. And, you know, as I said, people share, pe- people are so 
Like they want to compete for the first time. And yes, they want to win, but they expect to win. I think now there's a difference that like they expect to go and they expect to win and they feel that pressure of going to win where I think when, when we both started bodybuilding, it was more just we wanted to compete because it's what we loved and what we really enjoyed doing. Yeah, 100%. You know, like, as I said, for, for me, it was always just about, you know, trying to be a little bit better. You know, I always just looked at the next step, you know, if I, if I was a second call out, right, next show, is if I can get a first call out, that's amazing, you know. That's the way I've always approached it, even, up, even through this, my pro ranks. It's like, you know, went into my pro debut, it was like, okay, if, if I can get in a, in a first call out, that'd be amazing, that'd be ideal. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, uh, the, that British British pro show was it like what eighteen months ago or something it was my pro debut and I think I was ninth or tenth maybe even eleventh it was that bad I don't even remember and <laughs> you know so moving on from there it was just you know the goal was still a first call out you know and that's what I went into the season was just if I could get a first call out that would be that would be me happy that'd be a good progression and and the season actually obviously accelerated really fast with some top threes real quick out the bat you know last year which was great. And obviously yeah. then finishing off with your win. When when you get so close to winning a pro show and go into the pinnacle, is, does that mindset change? Um, not really for me. I guess like I, if I if I talk about the season a little bit more, it probably make a bit more sense when I explain it. This year, I actually didn't even know if I would compete. Um, I kind of just. Was it wasn't in a great place of bodybuilding. I felt like I wasn't moving forward. I wasn't enjoying it, you know. And I, I kind of had fallen out of love with training. So at the time, I had an application in, in for the Arnolds, and I only put an application in because I was like, you know, I might regret not going for it. But I didn't even know if I wanted to compete. And I had like I'd gone like two or three weeks without even really training. And I was actually speaking with Jay. He was like, you know, you just need to get back into training how you enjoy it and stuff. And we, we started working together again and you know i think we were working together three weeks and i, I was responding really well to just everything and um there was uh, i checked in with him one morning in person and uh he was like you know you need to look at doing a show and it happened to be the same day they announced the arnold's invites and uh i was i was still like oh i don't know and on the way home i seen you know i didn't get an invite and i was i was upset you know so then i was like okay obviously i still want to do this so I had a look at the calendar and I spoke to Jay and I was like, Spain's on in five weeks. <laughs> so he was like, let's, let's just do it, you know? So did a five-week prep for Spain and we went there and, and you know, I was, I was very happy with how I looked and the feedback I got. And uh, I took 11th there, but that Spain show was like, yeah, there was like 30 in the class and it was, it was ridiculous, that class. And there was, I think there was, there was several people from that class were on the Olympia stage this year. So, and I, I knew it was five weeks, so I wasn't my best. I knew I could be a lot better. You know, I struggled to make weight for that show. So I knew there was quite a, quite a bit of body fat still come off. So was, that night after the show, I just I looked at the calendars and I was like, right, there's two shows back to back in, in Texas in six weeks time. Um, so I, I just literally that night, I booked flights, booked it all. And uh, just began, like continued on prep for those. So going over there again, the goal was just like, okay, it's America, it's a big deal. This is like, you know, you, you this is how you can make a name for yourself or whatever. So we were just like, we went over there with just the the, the number one goal, like it would be ideal is, is if we could just crack a, a first call out of our top five. That was kind of the aim going there. Um, yeah, and then obviously getting in there, doing that, the, the first show, the Heart of Texas show, uh, 
it it shocked me that I was because I was called out. I was I was for, I was you know uh, center of the first call out for the whole thing. You know, and everyone everyone had me down winning the show. Um, and in the in the end, I took third place. You know, whether that's where I just I actually looking back and I think I I did deserve to win that show, but. And the two guys who placed above me had both placed like second and third in the previous couple of shows. They were coming into a good run and they're both very good as well. So um, after doing that show, I kind of kind of made a like my attitude towards it kind of changed. It was like, OK, maybe I maybe I could do this. Maybe I could like be getting a win or something. But I still went into the San Antonio show with the attitude of well, it was still OK. I hope I get a first call out again. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be like going from a. The high which we wanted to and then just going straight back down but you know fortunately enough i went to san antonio and i improved again between those two shows and um took the win yeah awesome and then and, and now the olympia so you mentioned that you fell out of love with training that was there anything that or also why, why do you think that happened you know why do you think you fell out of love with training just duration or just the time or what I think a little bit of everything. I think my, I just I lost my kind of mental clarity with all why I was doing it. You know, I was, I was too focused on outside noise and you know, wanting to prove people wrong that I could do this and stuff like that. And just yeah, I, I felt like I was doing a lot. I was putting everything into it. And I just I just wasn't happy with the way I looked or how I was feeling. You know, with with life in general and stuff. So and I think it was I was putting so much pressure on myself to improve that. I stopped enjoying the, the gym, you know, and stopped enjoying the training. It was, I was going there, you know, and I was like, you know, I need to be better. I need to be better. And, and then I, I took a step back from that and just went back to training how I enjoyed. Mm. You know, I think like sometimes all the one percenters are great, but I think all the one percenters also add a little bit of pressure. And, and this is sometimes why, like for, for me, like for a client, I, I won't get every client to log their workouts because like, that's just another added pressure then like even for example during prep that they've got to be every single session and they feel like oh shit I'm disappointed if I don't get an extra rep or stuff like that and yeah. I think it's all they're all great tools to use at certain points but I think like sometimes like you were saying there that there are a lot of external noises and you know if you cut them out then you still got all these other bits that you need to now right I need to now sleep I need to now rest I need to now my logbook I need to now and if you miss for example like one rep on your session, like people do think sometimes it, it's the end of the world. And I think I'm not going to place now because I missed that one rep. So yeah, I, I do think sometimes there, there's lots and lots of variables that we look at. And I think sometimes there can be too many that we put into the, into the pie almost. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a double-edged sword there where you're, we're tracking every sort of means of progress. And um, I think you need to be, very self-aware and aware of what the, the goal is to, to know that, you know, okay, it isn't always going to progress, but, and that's, that's also why you are logging it. And that's why you're taking these things. Because then you, it's not always that you want to see the numbers go up or you want to see it progressing. It's, it will go down or there will be something. And then that's, that's where you need to be able to, uh, to be subjective and go, okay, well, why has it gone down? Not, oh shit, I'm, I'm pissed off. It's gone down. It's go, okay, what's gone on here? And that's just the way of you, taking the the negative to improve rather than just taking a negative as a negative yeah absolutely and i think sometimes when we get so involved we we almost disconnect from that and we just say right we like we are like it, it's a negative right that's it it's fucking shit the workout's ruined and you know you just beat yourself up over like a rep or a kilo or something like that and 
Yeah, yeah it, it is something. It's really hard as well, especially in this sport, because we do try and put our blinkers on, and sometimes those blinkers don't always pay pay us dividends, really. Yeah, so. yeah, I think you, you can't lose sight of why you why you started doing it in the first place, which was you know you enjoy it. Like as we said, we both got into bodybuilding because we loved it, not because we wanted to you know become Mister Olympia or anything like that. You know, and then somewhere along the line, I lost sight of that, mm. and it was all about you know progression and doing achieving something rather than just you know I'm actually doing this because I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So so going into the Olympia. What what expectations do you have? I know obviously we spoke about like you know just going and enjoying the moment and being a little bit better. Have you set any? Have you set the bar about where you want to be? <laughs> God, uh, to be honest, I'm still kind of kind of coming to terms of going to the Olympia itself. Um, you know, and I've had this conversation a few times, like, like with with Jamie and with Becky, like because initially it, it's, it scared the shit out of me because I'm like. You know, this wasn't something I was expecting. You know, I'm not mentally ready for it. Or will I be good enough? And then it's it's like, well, you know, just getting up there is an achievement. So now it's like, okay, you, you're getting up there. You've already achieved something. So now whatever comes afterwards is just a bonus. Um, you know, and the realist, like being realistic with it, I, I don't have any massive expectations, you know, going into it. But, you know, I, I feel like I... I I could potentially be good enough to, to break a top 10 there. Mm. Um, that would be like, if that happened, that would be a massive win for me. Yeah. How, how many athletes from Ireland have ever gone to the Olympia? <laughs> None. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, no, I'm the first. Oh, awesome, man. That's incredible, though. So to be the first person from your country in terms of everybody who's ever competed in bodybuilding from Ireland has, has, has never, ever gone. So, man, that's incredible. I never knew no one had ever gone. Yeah. So, yeah, like that's, that's a massive achievement in itself. And that's where I kind of have to step back and appreciate what I've achieved this year rather than just focusing on what's coming next. Yeah. And that's something I've been trying to do. And like, like at the moment, I'm still, I'm, it's still so far away that it's, it's not really something I'm doing. I'm just literally focusing on day to day at the moment and, you know, enjoying it. And is there anything happening? Have you got anything planned before the Olympia or is it just going to be one straight show? Uh, I'm not fully decided yet. And, um, you know, I, I have I've, I've applied to the Arnold's UK because um, it's it's seven weeks before, and I know that I'm I'm someone who gets better once I'm in shape. Um, so I feel like that that that's gonna like if we take for example this year going from Spain to America, I got considerably better. Um, so I know that if I if I get like in show shape, that from there I find it easy to maintain condition, and I generally kind of I eat into the show then like like I did this year. You know, cardio was pulled back for like the six weeks. Food was up by like a thousand calories a day. And, you know, and I just, I continued to drop weight and get better. So we kind of know that I handled that sort of time frame well. So um, seven weeks between those sh two shows would be, would be kind of ideal for me. But obviously it all depends on circumstances leading into it. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and is there anything in particular that you're really looking forward to? Are you looking forward to seeing people backstage or looking forward to being part of the, the meet and greet what are you, is there anything that you're particularly like looking forward to the most well i'm lucky enough that actually the, the literally just after i qualified this year i got to i was at the olympia in florida so i kind of got to experience the whole event and kind of know what it's all about so i think that will take away any of the kind of the butterflies going to this one or the nerves a bit like because it's, it's huge like you don't realize how big it is mm. And like how overwhelming it could be, so I, I kind of know what to expect now. So I think I'm just I'm just looking forward to being part of it, you know, and actually experiencing and feeling 
feeling what it's like to get on that stage, knowing that like the best of all time have stepped on that stage. Oh yeah, absolutely. And as I said, being being the first person from your country, home country, to to do that is incredible, man. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's going to be great. And then the arms as well. If you get an invite there, that'll be that'll be a really good sort of you know uh, maybe intro to the intro to the um, Olympia because the Arnold this year was probably the outside of the Olympia the biggest show I've ever seen in terms of a crowd and in terms of noise and stuff like that it's still not the same as the US crowds like the US crowds are very vocal they're very they let they let you know what you think uh, you know they think, whereas sometimes in the UK we're a bit hesitant to do that but you know in terms of a crowd perspective the Arnold this year was I've only ever seen it eclipsed by the Olympia so that'd be great if you can get to go there as well yeah, and also like being, you know, I know I'm, I'm not from the UK as such, but being from Ireland, and I would consider competing in, in the Arnolds UK as like competing at home. You know, obviously I don't get to experience that, like because I live on the other side of the world, so I feel very distant from where I essentially began. You know, so it would be nice to, to compete on a, a big stage in the UK. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And in terms of bodybuilding as a whole, like, has it taught you any real, real valuable lessons that? You know, sometimes people don't talk about with bodybuilding, like discipline and adherence and commitment. Because obviously, I know you've been through a long journey and it's taken you a long time to get to where you are. Has that ever come across in other aspects of life as well? Yeah, 100%. Like, I think the my, my life and the way I, I conduct myself comes from my bodybuilding life, you know. My routine daily, like the, the, the discipline I have, you know, my days are structured so rigidly that it helps me be more productive in the rest of my life as well. You know, like I get up every morning at like 6.30 a.m. I come down and I, I do get in like my supplements, my water. I sit and I do work or I do educate, like watch something educational and do my cardio, do check-ins, go and train. And then I come back and I have a block for work again, you know. So it's it definitely helps me be more productive um, across all areas of my life. Yeah, for sure. And and you touched on it briefly there about being out in Dubai and, you know, being across the world from where you started. I, obviously, it's quite cool now to be out in Dubai, but I know you didn't move out there when it's cool. Um, you know, so, you know, I obviously know what took you out there, but explain to the, the listeners and the viewers, like, what, why you actually went out to Dubai in the first place. Yeah, I've, I've been out here now over five years, so... Um... I was living in Watford, just outside London, with my uh, wife, Becky, well, then girlfriend. We we got married, or we got engaged, and just before we were due to get married, you know, we sat down, we looked at things, and we just, we couldn't really see a future for ourselves where we were, where we could thrive, you know, financially, we weren't doing great, you know, and this, this opportunity came up to come out here, so we we initially came out here with, with the goal of like, you know, just working for two years, saving enough money, coming back to the UK, um, you know, which was what a lot of people kind of did at the time. And um, we moved out here, you know, we didn't have much, like we, we like weren't, we didn't have like, we barely had enough money to live by at that point, you know, but we just worked hard. And the harder we worked, the more reward we got. And, you know, we, we fell in love with this place. And then, I think after about a year or two of being here, there was kind of more of a, a fitness community moving out here from the UK and stuff. And we just found ourselves surrounded by lots of like-minded people, people we loved. And uh, we've ended up just like, this has become home for us now. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. And what, what, how, do you, how do you adapt to certain things? How do you adapt to the culture? 
how do you adapt to you know weather conditions and stuff like that <laughs> the weather was definitely a difficult one at first you know we moved here in it was august at the time which is the hottest time of the year and i'll never forget like we got dropped off at our apartment building we were living in and uh, i was like oh we walked out to the shop it was about 100 meters down the road and i opened the door of the apartment like building and it was like opening an oven. My, my sunglasses steamed up and I was just like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, at the time when we first moved here, it was a, it's a lot different to what it is now. Um, throughout the years now, we've seen it become more westernized and more like, you know, integrated and stuff like, you know, like when Ramadan's on now, it's like, it doesn't really affect anything. Whereas back then it was like, you know, everything was shut, no food or water, no um even just like the shops, the hotels, everything. It's become, you like, it's its just such an international place that like, it's no different to being in America or being in the UK. Mm, yeah, for sure. And obviously you saw a, little, a lot of people go out there during uh, the pandemic. Um, did, did things change over there during the pandemic, during like training or work or anything like that? Um, yeah, <laughs> the gym's got a lot busier, that's for sure. Uh, but no, it was nice. It was it was it was cool because it was like again more more like minded people coming here. You know, got us to interact and network with lots of you know fitness people, fitness people, people working in the fitness industry from the UK. So it was actually quite nice. You know, and a lot of them have ended up like either staying or going back and then coming back out here to move out. And it's it's definitely become like a, very much like a a UK kind of fitness scene here now as well. Yeah, no, cool. No, it's great, man. As I said, I, I know you didn't do it recently. I know, obviously, there's, it's been you've been over there now for some time. So it's great to see that you've seen it like when it was not old school because it wasn't it wasn't still old school back then. It was still yeah. pop and westernized, but now it's more westernized. It's uh, yeah, it's great to see because there's so many people out there. I know like Nadja's out there at the moment from from Graphism as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's so, quite a bit actually. Yeah, I know he's he's out there as well, and obviously Jay's out there. Jamie yourself. And there's so many more like other people out there were as well, but it's great to see that people are moving out there and, and just sort of cracking on really and getting on with everything as they can. You know? Yeah, there's definitely like there's a good support network here as well. You know, I think it's very much like everyone's happy to like you know to to help each other. You know, do sort of things, and you see a lot of like uh, you know interaction between coaches, like people just like everyone working within the industry out here, and you know helping each other out. You know giving advice, things like this, you know, so it's very much everyone kind of is helping each other to succeed out here. Mm. Do, you think, do you think you'll ever move back? Um, I'll never say never, but at the, for now, I don't think so. No. You know, we're very, very much settled. Like, I think, I think our next thing now is looking at buying, buying a, somewhere to live permanently here. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, like, it's, it's definitely my home. Like, I think it's, it's, it's kind of, it's different for us, I guess, because obviously Becky's from the UK, I'm from Ireland. You know, I've lived, you know, in different places before coming here. So it's, I don't consider anywhere like in the UK or Ireland home as such anymore. Yeah, especially when you've been there five years, you know, it's, it's almost like a new home, isn't it, that you've been there for yeah. so long. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. no, it's great, man. As I said, it's, it, it's great to see the, the culture moving over, uh, you know, people still coming back for shows, people still doing shows. People don't have to do a regional if they live out there as well. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. One, well, once you have a, a residence visa here, you're you're good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's all good now. It's, it's great to see, man. It's great to see things evolve because again, I, I remember when 
when you were working and you were doing, uh, you know, non-fitness related jobs and, you know, and, and competing over here. So it's great to see how everything has developed, not only with yourself, but your brand as well and your brand moving forward as well. Yeah, yeah no, it's been, it's, it's, it's been a journey. Uh, it's not all, it's not all been sunshine and roses. That's for sure. You know, it's been difficult at times, but you know, we've, we've stuck to it out here and we've, we've, you know, kind of worked hard and built a life that we're happy and proud of. So, And if people want to contact you, Darren, for for coaching or for posing or for advice, I know you do consults as well in terms of uh, uh, taking on clients as well. So how can they get a hold of you? Um, Obviously, the the easiest way is uh, through my Instagram, which is just Darren Farrell underscore IFBB Pro. You can contact me there or you can go to uh, my website, which is DarrenFarrellCoaching.com. And uh, yeah, there's all my information on that. Awesome. Darren, thanks ever so much for joining us, buddy. We really appreciate it. No, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good to catch up. It's been too long. I know, for sure, man. Take care, buddy. Cheers. Thank you.